Welcome to Shooting the Frisbees with Jake and Randy. Hey, Jake, how you doing today? I am great. How are you, Randy? I'm doing good, and I want to say Happy New Year to you. Yeah, Happy New Year to you, too. Looking forward I to know. 2019. There's all kinds of exciting stuff happening this year. I know. I think 2019 is going to be epic with all the uh, events that are scheduled. And uh, one of the first events is actually going to be City vs. City coming up next week on January 12th. And it's going to be Medellin versus New York City. And we're all set and the teams are ready to go. And I am super excited to see how this turns out. Yeah, totally. I'm super excited too. It's uh, the first time we've done more than two teams we're going to a final so the two, the team that wins this one will face off against the team that wins uh, the next one which is berlin versus uh, bologna yeah it's going to be really cool to see how it all turns out uh, i've been doing a lot of work on graphics and music and so i think it's going to look a little bit more professional than the last test but we'll see well you never know <laughs> yeah that's why we're kind of not expanding it more than four teams at this moment we have grand ideas of having 16 teams and leagues but you know we'll do baby steps here we get out of the gate. Also, I want to mention that uh, you probably noticed that we had a guest intro and uh, we're going to do a little contest here that the first person who can guess who did our guest intro in the comment section, you can either do it on Facebook or go to Frisbee Guru or send us a private message. The first person that guesses who that is, we will send the Frisbee Guru t-shirt to. So give a listen and see if you can figure it out. So who do we have on the docket for today? So today we are going to continue our conversation with Fabio Sana, and I think you all will enjoy this very much. So give a listen. Enjoy. So Fabio, it seems that you were a part of the the, the beginning of the European wave of freestylers. So Europe is very huge for freestyle now. I think it's the central location for the sport these days. But you were kind of at the beginning of it. So what was it like to be at the beginning? And did you even realize that you were at the beginning of that? Uh, well, a little bit, yes, because I had no contact, <laughs> but I remember thinking, hey, I, there is Matteo Gadoni. He's a little older than me, but he's, uh, he's my age, basically. So, uh, and I remember Picho, but he's uh, a little bit older. But yeah, I think the Milano were there, the Chakawaka, the Chakawaka team formed by Lorenzo Piani, Fernando Batugno, and Clay. Then there was uh, Alessandro Damiano, Docetta, and uh, Cobra, and uh, all the Roma crew. Tom Leitner moved to Rome, and everything exploded. We were just, uh, you know, being fertilized by Tom. He, he was key for, for the whole scene in, uh, in Italy, for sure. Yeah, being the, the, the first Italian uh, wave was great, but also Germany had the, the first uh, players coming out, like Florian. I met Florian in 2004 in German Go. I went to Nuremberg. I, I never met these guys. I never. So I know that they were uh, doing a freestyle frisbee tournament, for sure. And... Uh, and I, I want to be there. 
And so I wrote to Marcus Gates, uh, the director of German Go, and I asked uh, if I could go, and he, he said yes, of course. And so there I met uh, Florian Hess, Anton Kapelman, uh, Jan Schreck, and many other players. I, I would spell names for for minutes. So they were also German wave that I met, and I think we were the more the, the more active players back then. The Germans and the Italian, then uh, the Czech players became came into the game a little bit later with Frisbeer, the Zero Edition, more than a decade ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it was. Uh, to tell the truth, I was uh, I felt uh, very very lonely in the beginning because I was playing with Stefano and uh, then Stefano after we won European Championship he left he left the game he won the first tournament and he, then he left the game and he kept juggling and um, I kept freestyling alone back to the park and then I started to learn the, the thumber. <laughs> Oh, and that's when you had to learn long. to throw to yourself. Yeah, exactly. That's such an amazing throw, by the way. I want you to teach me sometime how you do that. I've been trying and sure. trying, and I just never get a lot of spin on it when I do it. Anyhow, I also think that you had a lot of influence because you created a lot of videos on YouTube. Like you made that FPA commercial, and there's a lot of videos yeah. of you at the park just doing some amazing, amazing stuff. And uh, I think you were one of the first to really do that. And the whiz ring video, the Christmas whiz ring video, that was one of my favorites yes. of all time. Yes, definitely. But yeah. what was the inspiration for doing the videos? Well, I, as I told you before, I, I was a painter back then. I was painting during the night. I, I was into painting a lot. So I had a camera and I started doing some videos. I like to, to edit videos and I thought to do some some editing of the moves because I, I simply just liked it. I just liked to edit it. And uh, I thought maybe I can do some some videos to get more people involved, exactly like uh, James uh, did uh, afterwards with the Spread the Jam project. But back then there was no YouTube. Uh, so I, I, bought, I, I bought a website, freeskyler.com, and I posted hundreds of megabytes back then uh, of medium quality video. <laughs> we got covered the all the tournaments I was into till 2004, 2005 probably. And you know, Fabio, you were the inspiration for James doing those study tapes. He told me that recently. So Yes, yes. Big effort. Big effort. I remember back when I was the only... Well, Tom Leitner was also doing a lot of videos. He was probably the first ever to post a video on Video Google and then on YouTube, a Frisbee video, and probably before Nike commercial. Yeah, he was and, probably the first person to put a Frisbee video on the internet because I remember seeing them in the mid-90s on frisbee.com. Yeah. Tiny little postage stamp size videos. Yes, yes. So yeah, I got inspired by by Hainesville, Guide is Home, uh, uh, Frisbee.com, and and uh, and I tried to push more into the video thing because video gave me the tools that I needed in my lo in my loneliness of being the the only one playing there to understand what I was doing. And I'm telling you, the first period, the first two years, 
I was not sure what I was doing. <laughs> I was, a part of me was really not sure what I was doing, really. Was I losing time doing that? And only after a couple of years, I got, uh, I got it uh, right. I got the, the, the full idea that I was not losing my time, but I was getting involved with other people. I was living my life. And that is, uh, that is uh, the beauty of this sport, as well as uh, many other sports. I, I, cannot, I cannot judge anything else because I didn't do anything else than frisbee as a sport. Uh, I did some karate when I was uh, small, some, some football, but I, I didn't like football. <laughs> so when you say you were losing time, do you mean that you were not sure what you were doing with the frisbee or you were not sure what you were doing with your time giving yeah. it all to this frisbee? Yeah, exactly. Because I was literally spending 12 and sometimes more than 12 hours a day and people, of course, were trying, trying to get back to reality. <laughs> were they worried about you? Like, you're, you're yeah. spending a lot of time doing this, Fabio. <laughs> yeah, I remember a neighbor telling me, what, what are you doing there? You'll never win anything <laughs> the very first year. <laughs> oh, that is so funny. And I think he pushed me the hardest than any body else that that at that time because you were gonna prove I, him wrong oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> so yeah i i i think uh, i think i'm a fighter as well when when i started competing i i got myself into something i that i never really wanted to to compete actually because i i know i'm a fighter and uh, and i and when i do it i like to to do it better than uh, you know someone else and back then it was very strong to me and right now i i really don't care i i love so much playing with you guys and i had so many emotions during my victories my loss losing is uh, sometimes is more precious than winning for sure because you understand yourself fully if you if you lose uh, but if you never lose, you you don't understand. Yeah, we've had that conversation quite a few times about you don't really remember a lot of the victories, but you really remember a lot of the losses and what you learned from those. That was almost are memories that are stronger than the victories. Yeah. yeah. So um, let's fast forward now to current times and uh, kind of reflect back. Um, so you had mentioned when you were a brand new player seeing Randy and seeing me, and you already knew who we were. I've definitely had that experience before going to Europe, especially in the early days when Freestyle was in Europe, showing up and all these people already knew who I was. It was very surprising. So now fast forwarding to current, have you had that experience where you go to an event and somebody comes up to you and says, Fabio, and you have no idea who they are? Yes, yes. What is that like? Uh, it's uh, uh, electrifying. It's uh, very nice. Uh, feeling but yeah at the same time it uh, it feeds uh, your ego so sometimes uh, I don't like it too much you know when they especially when they repeat my name too many times <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know but yeah it's great uh, I, I, I love when people get inspired by uh, other people 
So if I can inspire someone to become a better person, a better player, uh, so be it. Great. So let me ask you about prize money. What do you think about prize money at Worlds? Are you uh, do you think that we need to have prize money? Do you care? No, I don't. I don't uh, think we need it because uh, you know anything at me stows at me. But I don't think we need money in this sport. You know, it's uh, as pure as it is. I wouldn't put uh, prize money. I would uh, prefer putting those money into building something for for uh, or getting this money to maybe to get new events, new. Yeah, new formats or to have uh, a new school or a new um, project, for example, for the kids, like uh, uh, the Spread the Jam project that FBA had. They helped me twice, so that was very, that was key for me for making two things uh, with Fabrizio once uh, in, uh, in a big project into the mountains with the kids. And it was amazing teaching for two months there to hundreds of kids. And the other one it was uh, when we went to India, those kind of projects that really pushed the, the, the envelope uh, to other countries. You know, I think uh, more than price money, we, we can have good ideas, you know, good ideas. Like spread the gem project with the James that put, uh, some investment on the equipment, on you, Jake, on your equipment, and these things you are doing, guys. Of course, you are producing, you know, uh, also stuff and, you know, this amazing podcast to get people involved. But, you know, I think uh, some some money should be, should be on uh, developing the sport more than getting people, the winners, rich, because they are already enriched by, by the good company we, we bring. I think uh, that's how can we have a better life than playing Frisbee and uh, having uh, our friends playing with us? Because when you add money to it, you separate, uh, you divide. Uh, I've always felt like when you put money, you divide. Uh, you you put a precise amount of money dividing the people. And we, if Frisbee is not that, we are communicating, we are trying to connect to each other. And uh, and I and, and I played for money with for acrobatics, but that was a show. We were traveling, doing, having a harsh time sometimes. And you know, it was a real job. But Frisbee for me, Frisbee, Frisbee is not a sport. It, no, it's it's a sport. It's also a sport, but it doesn't start as a sport. It it starts for me as as a game. As for me, when when I threw my first my first frisbee was a game. I wasn't competing with anybody. I love that answer, Fabio, and it's so interesting to hear how you explained that because a lot of people think of prize money as a vehicle to get the sport to grow and that that would get more people involved. And I like how you kind of just turned that upside down and said, let's take that money and put it into educational vehicles to make it grow. Very interesting perspective of the growth. One side saying prize money will make it grow, and you're saying take that money into educational venues to make it grow. Yeah, I think uh, about the money I got uh, from 
from the winning uh, that I that I had, yeah, was for covering some expenses. But my partners and I and I I thought, hey, all this money could be spent for having hundred frisbees more, maybe here for everybody, for example, or for the kids, or for I don't know. We are always looking for you know getting some money for doing this and all that. As as I felt as a, a winner and a loser, uh, what changed my life with prize money? Nothing. I got one beer more. I got one trip back home paid less. It's okay. Yeah, but that's the current state of prize money. So I think one of the, the just just for sake of the conversation, people are saying, well, what if there was three hundred thousand dollars for first place? Where it does change your situation financially and not just an extra beer. What, how would you approach that? Yeah, you would have a a full sport uh, and then there would be jammers. (laughs) And I think it will, it would be really, really difficult. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe probably, I hope I'm wrong because I don't want to step on other shoes uh, other people's shoes, but I think the more money you put, the more you divide the souls from each other. Money, money for me is not is not happiness. Happiness comes from other things. When I play frisbee, I feel happy. So I had to share this happiness for money, for getting other happiness uh, in my life. Yeah, that could be a possibility, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's a hard question because it's one of those ones where gosh, it would be great to be able to make a living playing frisbee. What comes with that changes probably what we all love right now. And uh once you take the genie out of the bottle, it's hard to put it back in. Exactly. And so, when we start to to roll down the wheel to do that, I don't yeah, you I don't know if you if you can go back. We're almost lucky that we did we didn't found any funds so far uh, for for having the price money. Yeah. Well, a lot of people say, be careful what you ask for, right? Because yeah, people say, I want to make a living playing freestyle and, and it's not going to be the same as what you're experiencing right now. So what are your thoughts about prize money, Jake? I feel kind of the same way that you do, I think. Well, kind of at least what you were just talking about, which is on the one hand, boy, wouldn't it be great if, I could make a living just playing frisbee, but on the other hand, would it still be the same jamily? Would I still go to the competition with nothing but fun in mind, or would it change my perspective so that I didn't enjoy it as much? And would it bring in people that made it less fun? Would probably these judging conversations that we have would become a lot more serious. Right now, yeah. they're kind of fun and theoretical, and it really doesn't matter so much to me. At least it doesn't to me because I think that we're more of an art form, but. As soon as you wrap up your paycheck and how the judging system works, man, it's going to get intense. <laughs> hey, we think it's intense now, right? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, my God. If ratchet, that up, ratchet that up by about a million percent. Exactly. Exactly. So we would probably not have the same people playing this sport. I would pl- play this sport yeah. if, if, if the stress would be so high and I would have negativity on the field. One of the draws about this sport is that it is an alternative sport. 
it's not the mainstream. And so that is what draws that type of person. So once you start pushing it towards a more mainstream model of prize money and huge audiences and arenas, then it isn't that alternative person you're probably drawing to it anymore. So, you know, what? one thing I'll expand a little bit, I look at ultimate as a as kind of a role model for freestyle in that there isn't really a lot of money in ultimate. I know there's pro leagues, but those guys aren't making a ton of money. And there's thousands and thousands of people that play ultimate just for the love of it. And they don't have prize money. So that's kind of where I would like to see freestyle go is let's grow, but we don't need the prize money. Let's just do it for the love of it and kind of go in the direction that ultimate went. And I actually look at golf and golf is a lot more about money. I had a conversation with, um, I won't say exactly who, but one of the the top 10 golfers uh, a few years ago. And he was talking, I was talking to him about why don't you try some DDC and why don't you try some freestyle? And he's like, why would I go to a competition if I'm not going to win money? And I realized, wow, that he's missing the love part of it. <laughs> like he yeah. loves golf, but he's doing it for, for a very specific reason, which is to make his, his living. It's like a catch-22. We want the sport to grow and have more people in it, but you get it to a certain point of growth and then it changes and is no longer what you love. Mm-hmm. That's a, a strange concept. Yeah, wow. Well, that's a really interesting and sometimes difficult discussion to talk about prize money and the growth of the sport and like how much how much would it really change if the sport got really big and there was lots of prize money and like people were able to make their livings based on just winning competitions? How much would it really change and and how much would we really like that? I don't know. What do you think about that, Randy? Well, I think the takeaway for me is like how do you keep the love of it alive while doing that delicate dance with bringing prize money in as a way to spur the growth. And when you do bring in money, I think it is definitely going to make the challenge of keeping the love and the community together is much more challenging. Yeah, I guess that's kind of what I struggle with. And I've always been sort of half against it because I really love the sport the way it is. I love the jamily and the love and the the way that we all just you know, we're a family. But then when I started playing freestyle frisbee, you know, most of the players were 10 or more years older than me. I was a pretty new player and there wasn't really anyone else besides Matt, my brother, in our generation coming up. And it was really clear that the sport was kind of dying off. And so I guess with that in the back of my head, I always sort of push towards growth, whatever that looks like, whether, whether it's money or not, I guess maybe that's the key is not to bring in money. I don't know, because I also wonder if you can have a sport where there's super high level competition where people really make a living on it and you can still have the love and maybe it's not in those competitions, but it's still off to the side where all the jamily continues to exist and continues to connect with each other. You know, I don't know. I don't know if we can have both, but that's sort of my, I guess, my idyllic outcome of all of this. I have a foot in both camps, and I I actually think you were talking about Ultimate as a model, and I think Ultimate actually uh, is a good model on both sides because I think they do struggle with the money professional sport aspect of it and having the other camp, which is just sort of getting together for tournaments and spirit of the game, and I think that they both are existing very well. Don't forget, we have City versus City battle coming up next Saturday, New York City versus Medellin. Log on to Frisbee Guru at 
2 p.m. Eastern time and let the festivities begin. Yes. Don't miss it. Yes. All right, Jake. On that note, I will talk to you next time. Talk to you next time. Thanks for listening to Shooting the Frisbees with Jake and Randy. To contact us or for more info, check us out at frisbeeguru.com. Home to Haynesville, Shooting the Frisbees, and live streaming freestyle frisbee. Oh, yeah!